Good morning, River of Life. <laughs> no, no. I get on my youth all the time. You are blessed enough to attend the largest church in Wakulla County. Good morning, River of Life. Okay. I'm not sure if Pastor Henry's sermon series on prayer is working incredibly well, or we are just a spirit-filled church, but I have had no less than 12 people already pray for me in my sermon this morning, okay? And I don't know if it's you're trying to be obedient to what our head pastor says, or you just have that little faith in me this morning, okay? And, and there's been a strange trend as I am allowed to speak on Sunday mornings. I go to the bathroom to get myself prepared and make sure that my hair looks nice, and, and last time, two gentlemen actually took my hands and they prayed for me in the bathroom before I spoke. Well, this time, where is C.J. Everson? Is C.J. here? You see, stand up, C.J. Where are you? Okay, so C.J. is not only dressed completely like me today, and he has the same haircut, but he prayed for me and loved on me in the bathroom. And I think you go to the right church when men are okay telling they love each other in the bathroom. <laughs> I love you, CJ. <laughs> Before I get going this morning, I want to tell you that last week on Tuesday, a elder and a dear friend of mine came by and she had been doing some homework that I had given her in order to get her finances in order. Now, I know you guys know that we teach financial peace and we like to talk about God's economy. We're not going to be talking about money today if you're a guest, okay? So that's good. But she wanted to learn how to get her finances in better order. And she had a couple of questions. There were little things that were out of line. She's on a fixed income and she needed my help. Man, this, this is what they pay me to do. This is, I'm, I'm writing God's will for my life. Absolutely. Come on, sister, let's talk. And I asked her one of the pieces of homework that I gave her was I need to see your budget for like the last 18 months. Let me see it. Let me get into the weeds. I want to see where your money's going. I want to see if there's something we can tighten up, get you on that right path. As I start looking back in 2021, 2020, 2022 currently, what I saw over and over and over again in her finances is at the very top, she had a column that said the date and what it was. And the first of every month, the first thing at the very top of her budget was her tithe to River of Life Church. It was her tithe to River of Life Church. Now, I will also tell you that that obedience, even though she's made some mistakes, it's got her to the point where if we do a little math and we work hard, in about 24 months, she will be completely debt-free. Okay? So as we were having that meeting, I kind of knew what, I, what the Lord had put on my heart. But after we spoke, and after I saw what this lady had done with her budget and her tithing, I knew exactly what I wanted to share with you today. If you don't know me, my name is Brian Blackwell. My good friends call me Blackie. It's a baseball nickname that I had, and I like having one name. I'm like Cher or Prince or Jordan. It's easy to remember. <laughs> For two years now, I've been the youth pastor at this church, and I have enjoyed working with your youth. I run grades 6 through 12. We started out with about 37 
members attending on Wednesday. This past Wednesday, we had 94 people that attended. A great piece of advice that I once got is I'm leery of people who always say I and I, I did this. No, no, no. The youth program and the growth has very little to do with Blackie and a ton to do with my volunteers, the support of this church, and most importantly, what God is doing in their lives. Okay, I believe that 100%. This morning, I want to talk to you about arguably the most single important word in Scripture and perhaps all of Christianity. I'm not talking about love, although you guys know I love talking about love. I'm not going to talk about faith or redemption or even grace. Today, as we prepare to witness believers' baptism later on in the service, I'd like to share with you God's word concerning obedience. Obedience. Which is the very thing I saw my elder sister put into place in her life on her budget. Obedience. Now, that's certainly not one of our favorite words, is it? It's not easy to practice And I promise you, it's even harder to make consistent within your life. So let's start with one of the most basic, simplistic scriptures that tells us what God desires from his followers. I want to begin today in John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. One of the other... I guess, versions that I read, one of the things that I've learned in the two years of doing this from Brother Derek, Brother Al, and certainly Chuck and Henry, read several different versions of the Scripture, several different translations. How about this one? If you love me, do what I tell you to do. Do what I tell you to do. Now, that sounds like me me talking to my daughter, Claire. Dad, why do I have to clean my room? Because I told you to do it. I told you to do it. That sounds so easy and it sounds so obtainable. If you love me, do what I tell you to do. Church, yet our obedience or lack thereof, I think we can all agree that it can separate us from God. And it can ultimately lead us to a real place of disobedience, spiritual destruction, and even a very real place called hell. As I prepared for my sermon this morning, I found myself asking if I'm even qualified to preach on the topic of obedience. Am I qualified to do this? Can I stand before my congregation with a clear heart and say, here's what the word says about God's obedience. And what I came quick to realize is absolutely, I am qualified to talk to you about obedience. Now, I am not qualified to talk to you about obedience based on Anything that I've done in the past, and often in the present, I fail. I fail concerning what God has commanded me to do. I have failed, and I do fail. I have no problem telling the congregation today that if a PhD existed in disobedience, I'd have it hanging on my office wall. (laughs) But what makes me qualified to speak on this topic about obeying God rests simply in one fact. And it's not a complicated fact. What makes me qualified to speak on this topic from this stage in this church on this morning is I know exactly what my life looks like when I truly strive to obey God. I know the joy that I have. I know the peace and the prosperity that flows from being obedient to his word. 
And friends, in contrast, I also know what it looks like when I'm in a season of rebellion. I see some heads nodding. I know what it looks like when I am in a season of disobedience. I know the hurt. I know the lack of peace. And I know the pain that results from me doing things my way and not God's way. Now, I'm fairly new at being a youth pastor. I'm not a veteran of speaking on Sunday mornings by any means. But I know the majority of you can relate to the problems that arise in your life when your actions and obedience toward God are out of line. I attended college to become a writer. I attended college to perhaps become a professor. I'm not formally trained to minister and preach. But I do know how to prepare and research a topic to speak about. But recently, a friend of mine gave me some solid advice. He said, it's important to be prepared, Blackie. I want you to be prepared. If you're not prepared, you can prepare to fail. But more important than being prepared is to prepare your heart. If you will prep your heart, you will be prepared. So here it goes, church, straight from my heart. Just this past week, I had a misstep in my walk. Or rather, it was with my tongue that I spent the better part of three days repenting for and praying about. Can you raise your hand today if you've ever said something you wish you could take back? Where were you guys Thursday and Friday when I needed you? <laughs> I look out and I see the hands in the congregation. And I say, me too. Me too. Now, I tell you that personal story because it felt good for me to recognize my error and to become obedient and truly repent after my failure. Can we all agree that true repentance, true repentance, it's a much needed form of obedience in today's world to truly be repentive? That's obedient to the Lord. That's what he wants to see his children do. When you stumble, you have a misstep, you get on your face and say, Lord, I am sorry, and you truly repent. In addition to repenting this past week, I sought counsel from fellow Christian brothers and sisters, beginning first with my pastor, then with the church staff, and then with fellow board members. As my obedience to God's word and his ways, they began to play out and multiply my church family. They quickly built me up again, and they poured truth into my life in the form of God's words and God's promises. They were, in turn, those that I relied on. They were obedient in loving me as God had loved them. They lived out Jesus' own words when he commanded, love one another as I have loved you. I couldn't wait to get here today to preach. I couldn't wait to get into his house to be surrounded by my church family. And hear me when I say this directly from my heart. I am so excited and I'm so blessed to be a part of a church that they know when Blackie stumbles, that we can pick him back up. And we can love on him because you don't throw the baby away with the bathwater. Thank you, church, for last week. Thank you very much. Hey, on a lighter side, I want to tell you about one of the most powerful prayers I've ever been around. Michelle and I were new to the county. We've been here nine years now this coming Easter. And about the third time we attended River of Life Church... 
I talked to Pastor Henry about our wakeboard ministry that we run out of our home in Sop Choppy. And he invited us over to his home for some coffee to meet Miss Beth and some members of his family. Now, present that day at his home in Sop Choppy were Pastor and Miss Beth, uh, his daughter Carolyn, his son-in-law Lee, several of their children, Michelle and I and Claire. So we had a room full of people. We fellowshiped and we're just having a good time. And somehow we got on the topic of this lake house that Michelle and I still owned in Kentucky that we were having one time trying to sell. I mean, it, it, you couldn't get the property sold. It sat on the market for 18 months. We had very few people like even come and take a look at it. We had to fire one of our agents because she wasn't even pushing the house like we wanted to. And it's a bad deal. If you've ever sold a home and you have to fire an agent and find another one, man, that's rough. That's rough. So that's what this piece of property... Now, you guys know me. I like nice things. And it was a beautiful little house, like 900 square feet. Literally, it was like 50 feet from the water. The problem with it, though, is it was in a very low-income area in Kentucky. And I'm talking small town. People are farmers. They're coal miners. They work at the mill. There's just not a lot of discretionary income to go around. So the house sat and sat and sat. And I don't have to tell you, for those of you that own multiple properties, well, you're paying two mortgages. You're cutting the grass twice. You're paying the insurance and the electric and on and on. And it can be a burden. And in fact, we felt that it was some sort of like we were chained still to Kentucky and we couldn't really get on with our life here in Wakulla County. So pastor, as pastor is prone to do, he says, well, have you prayed about it? I want to be a man of integrity. And I said, no, I have not prayed about it. No, I have not. He said, well, let's pray about it. Let's gather around. So we gathered around and we prayed about the sale of that unsellable property in Kentucky. We sat back down. My hand to my Savior. My wife is here. My daughter is here. Miss Beth is here. You can talk to pastor after the service. He'd love to tell you about it. One minute later, my phone rings. One minute later, my phone rings, and it is my real estate agent. I took the call outside. I said, hey, what, what's going on? He said, I got a full offer coming in. They want to close in two weeks, all cash. Can you be in Muhlenberg County in two weeks? And I said, I sure can So I came back in and Michelle and the pastor, everybody knew that, you know, I'd gotten that phone call and uh, they said, well, how'd it go? And I said, it went great. I said, the property sold. And I said, I, I don't know what's going on in your church, what's going on in your prayer life, but you and I need to be good friends. We need to be good friends. Prior to Pastor Henry's prayer about that property, I'm sure I never really prayed about it. At that time in my prayer life, I was certain God had bigger things to consider than to help me sell my real estate. But Pastor knew better. He knew in all things be in prayer, and he knew to be obedient and humble enough to ask our God to make a way for his children. Here I was about to start a ministry in a county that quite frankly needed a ministry like we run. And we were still bound to a state 12 hours away. Why was I not obedient in asking the Lord to rid that in my life? I wasn't. But there was one that was. Church, previously when I've spoken on Sunday mornings, I normally use my lovely daughter to help me out. She sings so beautifully. 
She loves to serve the Lord. And I love to just watch her do her thing for Christ. I really do. But today, I want to use a different family member of mine to help me drive home my point about obedience. So it's not going to be clear today. We're going to watch a short video and then we'll talk. Maddie, come. Maddie, sit. Good boy, Maddie, down. Good boy. Maddie, up. Up. Good boy, Maddie, shake. Other paw. Other paw. Good boy, Maddie, down. Good boy. Maddie, up. Maddie, speak. 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 Good boy. Up. Good boy. Sit. Good boy, down. Maddie, roll over. Good boy. All right, last one for everybody at church. Sit. Maddie, bang. Good boy. I'm going to ask you to participate again. Raise your hand if you're a dog lover. Amen. Amen. Hey, do you know how hard it was to treat him to use his inside voice because he knew he was going to be at church when I asked him to speak? <laughs> it was difficult. This is my boy, Matty. And he is about as obedient as a dog as you will ever find. He's famous in this county. I do my best to take him pretty much anywhere. I was going to bring him here today, but with it just being duck season coming to a close, I was afraid he'd wind up in the water in the baptistry. <laughs> and, and nobody wants that. Okay. <laughs> hey, I want you to understand this about Maddie. Maddie is a mature dog. Maddie is not a puppy. He has learned the ways of his master... Over the years. He knows what pleases his master. And I promise you. He knows what angers his master. He knows consistent obedience. Brings reward and favor. He knows disobedience. Brings correction. And it also brings punishment. Now sometimes punishment. From his master comes in the form of a stern look. And that's all it takes. Sometimes it comes with the pull of his ear. And sometimes while we're bird hunting, correction comes with a brief but a very shocking zap from his electronic collar. I had a uh, father of one of our youth. He said, uh, man, I love your dog. I'm really into bird dogs. I've heard good things about him, his temperament, the way he behaves. He said, do you think you can make my 13-year-old boy behave like Matting behaves? <laughs> I said, you let me put that shock collar on him. He'll do anything you want to do. His, his mom said, no, I was going to try it. <laughs> Church, when I think about true obedience, and hear me on this, hear my heart. I do wish I had a lot more Manny in me than I have Blackie in me. I wish I had more Maddie in me than I had Blackie in me. You see, Maddie's job is to be in sync with the desires of his master. In fact, his relationship with me, it's so tight. 
And he is so dependent on me for love and support and for providing for his needs that from the time he wakes up in the morning until the time he lays his head down, he has one job and one job only, and that is to make his master happy. If you've got a good dog, that is their job. There's nothing worse than being around somebody who has a disobedient dog. There's nothing more pleasing and more fun to be around somebody whose dog wants to please their owner. Man, I wish I had more Maddie in me. Imagine the life we could lead. Imagine the life we would lead if our only goal for the duration of our entire day was to please our master and walk in obedience with him. During my research this past week, I came across a translation of a verse that read something along these lines. It said, here's what it's all about. Here's what it's all about. All of this boils down to fear God and do what God says to do. It boils down to fear God and do what God says to do. Another verse that I was reading came straight out of Luke. And in the gospel where I'm reading this, Jesus is going through the crowds. And a lady shouts to Jesus. She says, Jesus, blessed is your mother, the one who gave you birth and the one that nursed you. Blessed is your mom. To which Christ responds, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. This is not about my mom right now. Now, my mom is an awesome lady. But what made Mary who Mary is, is that she obeyed. She was obedient and you know it was rough on her. There were tears, there was doubt. Hey, how am I going to explain this to Joseph, right? All of that comes into play. But Christ turns it around on the lady who was saying, hey, bless your mom. He's like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Bless those who hear the word of God and obey it. And obey it. 